Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road in New Jersey. And hopefully everything is going well for you. Boy, we're really uh, charging forward to Christmas, right? Unbelievable. In two weeks, it will be uh, Christmas two weeks from today. And before you know it, uh, we'll be getting ready to plant, right? I know guys down south are probably starting to plant in January or February, but we already started to get the seed catalogs here, and that's on the farm, and that's always an exciting time to look at those seed catalogs, right? Except with the price of fertilizer and everything today. Well, who knows? Maybe it'll calm down by the time we have to plant in the Northeast. It's not going to probably help the, the, the growers down south at this particular point, but hey, we'll do what we got to do, right? We're farmers, so we're resilient. We just charge ahead with uh, charge charge headlong into something right so that's what goes on here hey that's what happens here in cat swamp road but i i want to thank you so much for tuning in and for spending the next half hour with me in the farm shop and as you know that the uh the show is heard every saturday on rural radio channel 147 on sirius xm at 11 a.m eastern and then again with a replay on Sunday, or a re-air, I guess they call it. The real radio people, I'm not a real radio guy, I'm an engine guy, I'm a farmer. They call it a re-air Sunday at 6 p.m. But also, I just want to remind you that you could go to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com, and we're posting the back episodes of uh, every weekend show. So that's there for you as a resource, so please check that out. But what I also need to do before I get carried away is to give a Cat Swamp Road shout out to Mr. Donald Jeffries from Danbury, Texas. And I found Danbury, Texas on my map and put a pin in there for him. And Mr. Jeffries is a relatively new listener to the show. So I welcome aboard, Mr. Jeffries, and you are a hot you are a hot rod farmer now. And if you want a pin in my map, and if you don't know what that's all about, is I'm trying to identify where my audience is so that I could better serve you. So I have an idea of what part of the United States and Canada you hail from. So just send me an email at hotrodfarmer at farmmachinerydigest.com and let me know where you're from. And if you want to share some about your operation that would be wonderful if you don't that's fine also i fully understand and i will put a pin in my map with your name on it and also if you do not want to be announced on the radio and on my idle chatter podcast you got a two for one special here then just let me know what i and i will honor that so i wanted to uh just give, extend that invitation to everyone would love to hear from you and I also want to tell you is that I'm changing things up a little bit in the show. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to eliminate the toolbox test. And let me just tell you why. I'm not eliminating Tex Rubinowitz because he's the hot rod man from Ripsaw Records. And everybody loves that song, and I do too. But what Tex Rubinowitz, when he sings now, you're going to... Into, you're going to uh, that you're going to he's going to be inviting you into a new segment and it's called under the sheet metal and let me tell you why i'm doing away with the toolbox test not on my idle chatter podcast but on the radio show because the show 
is actually only 24 minutes of actual time me gabbing. So it's a half hour show with six minutes of commercial breaks. And I've been running short. I've been, I've been running long because my whole deal is I want to give you the best information I can. And some of those toolbox test questions are quite lengthy to read. And then I cannot do justice to the response to the answer, or I cannot do justice to a listener's letter, or I have to dump the letter out or the toolbox test out. So I don't like that. So in essence, the toolbox tests are all on my website. You don't need me to take them. You could take them on your own. And they'll also be on my Idle Chatter podcast. But the radio show, Farm Machinery Digest Radio, is going to have this new segment called Under the Sheet Metal, where I'm going to have a little topic I'm going to discuss. And I pre-wrote it, so I'm a pre wrote it so i'm going to read it so this way i don't go long and i could spend more time with a listener's letter which i do have a listener's letter today and it's a gentleman from texas who raises cotton has a john deere cp i think 690 i have to look at my notes when i get that segment and it's setting a code for ammonia slip so we're going to talk about that a little bit already and on today's show what i'm going to discuss is the proper way to break in an engine. And uh, that may not be what you think. You know, when some engines are just, some engines are just pigs. And and I don't mean a brand. I mean, you could have two, three or two Fords. One runs like a bear, the other one runs like a pig, right? And the thing is that the question we need to answer, I need to answer, are they made that way? Or did you make them that way, the way you broke them in? So that is what we are going to discuss. And never forget, agriculture runs on machinery, but profits on reliability. Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio. It's more than fuel. It's more than truck payment. It's more than maintenance. It's about the business of trucking. We're talking a little bit about stock prices. And we switch into uh, tech talk. Highway reconstruction, infrastructure. The economy, regulation, business, and more. We tend to switch topics a lot. Road Dog Trucking Radio. Covering the entire trucking industry. Do be advised. Sirius XM Channel 146. The Sirius XM app and connected devices and speakers. Hi, this is Mike Adams, host of Adams on Agriculture. Heard weekday mornings from 6 to 7 Eastern Time right here on Rural Radio. Each day, you'll hear from those making and covering the news important to rural America. Topics such as markets, ag policy, trade, and rural health care. And you'll hear from the ag and political leaders about the pressing issues of the day, as well as their implication on the future of agriculture. So join me here on Rural Radio each weekday morning from 6 to 7 Eastern Time for AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to a very special show. Country music history comes alive with stars, songs, and stories. You know, we're blessed with great stars here on our show tonight. The face and voice of country music on TV and radio. Having a good time? This is going to be fun. Country Music Hall of Fame member Ralph Emery. Sunday right here on America's only agribusiness and Western lifestyle network, Rural Radio. There's more to come here on the Ralph Emery Show. Hi everybody, this is Marty Stewart. Join me as I travel coast to coast, city to city, exploring America through his sounds and stories on Marty Stewart's America Odyssey. Then stick around for the Marty Stewart Show, bringing the brightest stars and the best music straight into your home. 
with the help of my fabulous superlatives. It all starts Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, right here on Rural Radio. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the Hot Rod Farmer. And what we're going to do is going to be talking about breaking in an engine. So, so that's going to be a brand new engine or an engine that's been rebuilt. But I'm going to emphasize, um, my discussion today is going, to, is going to be focused on a brand new engine, whether it's a new engine that you bought to repower something, mean new, new, not a rebuilt or a new piece of equipment. And that could be anything from a lawnmower to a combine to a pickup truck to a semi and everything else in between. But the term being broken in uh, is often misunderstood. And there's two elements to breaking in an engine. The first element is to have all of the parts married together. In other words, get to work in harmony, even though they're machined to very precise specifications. There's still, if you were to look at it microscopically, there's going to be high points and low points in any surface, whether it's a crankshaft bearing journal or whether it's a, a rocker arm or a, uh, a valve or anything anything else inside the engine so those parts are going to work together and they're going to break in like you would find like you're like putting on a pair of shoes right a new pair of shoes and the shoe has to contour to your foot so the parts that mate together will contour to each other within reason all right because there's going to be this wind may be a little bit high a little bit low but well within specification so that is the one aspect of the engine being broken in and the other aspect of an engine being broken in is to seal up the piston rings to the cylinder wall so you want to you want to mate them then again they have to be mated they have to marry together and you want the rings to seal to the piston wall and that really is the the biggest element of breaking in an engine and what you will find is that some engines as i was saying in the opening segment are just pigs i mean you could have and some engines of the same brand, the same make, the same year, what have you, they just run like bears. And even you know, even in your own operation, you could have two tractors with the same engine, and uh, one just runs better than the other. And the only the fly in the ointment there that we have to look at is that did you have? Let's say you have two tractors. We'll use that as an example. And they did you buy them both new? And if you bought them both new and you ran them both the same way and one doesn't run as well as the other, what I mean run as well, it doesn't seem to have the power, the fuel economy, maybe it's not as quiet or what have you, all those things. I'm not saying it breaks down, but it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't yield, right? It doesn't yield like some spots of the field don't yield like others. So you don't have that even yield that one yields a little bit better. And if you bought them new and treated them the same way, then that most likely is tolerance in manufacturing. But the fact is we have to decide whether it is tolerance in manufacturing or did we make that engine into a pig? And lots of times we make, we take a beautifully made engine and we turn it into a pig because we don't break it in the right way. And I'm leading you down a path because you're probably thinking, oh, we got to, you know, you got to baby it. You got to do this. You got to, you got to be, don't, don't rev it up. Don't put it under load. Don't go, if it's a road vehicle, don't go fast. Don't put the throttle to the floor. And I'll tell you, if that's what you're thinking, you're a thousand percent wrong. And let me explain to you why. The whole idea with breaking in an engine, and I'm going to emphasize the ring seal, because the ring seal is paramount. The other parts are eventually going to wear in just by 
by rotating and reciprocating, but the ring seal is the most important aspect of how that engine is going to perform, how it's going to last, and its fuel economy in the whole gamut. So the goal of breaking in an engine is to get the rings to seal as quickly as possible. So you want those rings to to marry to that cylinder wall and get the tightest cylinder seal as possible for both compression, so compression, which would be combustion pressure, and for the oil side of it, to control oil. So you may be asking, well, how do you do that? Well, the worst way to do it is by babying it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a road vehicle. So let's say you you were blessed and you were able to get a new pickup truck. And uh, I know that this is gonna raise a lot of uh, eyebrows as I tell you. Well, the best way to break in an engine on a road vehicle is you pick up the vehicle. We'll say a pickup truck. You pick up the pickup truck. You get the pickup truck. You you, you go to the dealer. You take delivery of it. It's got five or six miles on it from being chockied around. You leave the dealership. You get out on the road. You wait for everything to be warm. So go maybe 10 or 15 miles with it. Whatever, 20 miles, whatever it may be. Wherever you can have a good road depending upon where you are. And what I like to do is I get out on I-80 because the roads are busy here in New Jersey and you don't want to you know, have a problem or get into an accident. So I, I get out on I-80. If you live someplace in Iowa, maybe you don't have to get out on the interstate. All right? What I like to do is wherever you choose to do it, pull to the side of the road and stop. Stop. All right, come to a stop. And then when it's safe, obviously, to get out on the road, what I want you to do is you don't have to come out of there with the tires spinning and gravel flying. So all I'll do is I'll get onto the side of Route 80 on the shoulder. I'll wait for a hole in the traffic, and I'll roll out the throttle, and I'll whack it, all right? And I'll whack it, and I'll have that thing. If it's an automatic, I'll have first first gear right to the red line. Boom, second gear right to the red line. Boom, third gear. Maybe not third gear to the red line, depending upon how the transmission is geared in the vehicle and how fast it's going. And I'll run up to the red line, and then I'll release the throttle and let it coast down. So what is happening there is that you're putting a lot of heat very quickly in the surface of the ring where because of its friction of riding up and down the cylinder wall. So it'll be like searing a steak and you're putting a lot of heat in there very quickly with the high speed going going back and forth, the high RPM, because then you go with the first gear, it shifts. So the engine, so let's say from 6,000 RPM falls down to 4,000 and pulls back up. So you're going to seal those rings up very quickly. And then also when you release the throttle, you're creating a high vacuum in the engine to pull the ring package the other way. So now this, you may say this is not scientific. It's not, it is scientific, but I won't be able to get into all the science here on a half hour show. You have to just trust me on it. And what I like, and what I do is I'll get out of the throttle. The speed limit on that road is 65. You could probably go 75 without bringing, getting any attention from the police. And I'll do is I'll, I'll get it up to about 75 and I'll release the throttle and I'll let it coast back down. And then uh, depending upon the traffic situation, I may maintain 65. If there's no one around, I'll let it coast down, coast completely coast down to 50 miles an hour, 40, pull over onto the side of the road, stop, let it idle for a couple of seconds, wait for a hole in the traffic and do that again. And I'll do that three times, all right, in, in I mean, rapid succession on that ride. And at that particular point, those rings are sealed. So not only did you seal the rings up, 
But that, that, that excursion to high RPM, coast down, high RPM, coast down, is also done a lot to mate all the other reciprocating and rotating parts of the engine. So in those maybe 10 miles of doing that, like you don't have to go 100 miles an hour. You could get it up to speed, get it up to speed. That way I usually do first, second, third, depending upon the application, get out of the throttle, let it coast down, go a mile or two, a couple of miles, whatever. It's safe, pull on the side of the road and do that again. All right? That is very, very important. So that is going, when you get back to the farm, that thing is sealed up. And let me just prove to you something. When we build a race engine, we do the same thing. We don't put it on the, on the car, we put it on the dyno. We'll put it on, we'll put it on the dyno, we'll get it, we'll, we'll warm it up, we'll let it run, listen to how it sounds, we'll make a couple of part throttle pulls, just maybe not, not even 50% throttle, just to make sure everything is right. Look, hey, is the timing more or less right? The fuel curve more or less right? We'll shut it off. We may re, <clears throat> we may readjust the valves because most of those engines have solid lifter cams, but whatever, you'll just look everything over. After two or three of those part throttle pulls, we start that bad boy up and we wing, we wring its neck for all it's worth. And I'll tell you one thing, those are the engines that run the best, last the longest, make the most power, have the best one. Race engines break specific fuel because something you lose the, use the least amount of fuel. But on a production engine, whether it's in a car, truck, what have you, it's going to be the same thing. You're going to see that thing is going to run. And you do that two, three or four times right within the first couple of miles, uh, and you will seal that thing up and you will time will tell that that thing is going to be a runner and if you baby it out of the box you baby it brand new it's historically going to be a pig it's going to be a pig in all different ways and the thing is that if you look at it even like a farm tractor you take a farm tractor and depending upon the use of the track let's say it's going to pull a uh you know, pull a piece of tillage equipment. That sucker's working right from day one. But I would still like to do is take it out on the road and you may have a farm tractor that you're using with a loader on it to feed cattle. It's really just like idling around a lot. Or you may have a backhoe on the farm that you bought a new backhoe you're doing some work with. It's, it's never really getting a chance to seal up. Take that thing up the road and whack it a couple of times. Trust me on this. Take the combine, the brand new combine, up the road and whack it a couple of times. Follow that same procedure. Or you're not going to be going 70 miles an hour in the combine, but follow that same procedure. And then within the first thousand miles on a road vehicle, uh, the first you know 50 or 50 or 100 hours on a on a piece of farm equipment or construction equipment like that dump the oil very important the first oil change is very important because you want to get the manufacturing debris out some engines will tell you 10 hours follow the manufacturer's procedure with that but the way you run it right when it's brand new is the way it's going to run for the rest of its life. And if you baby it, it's going to be a baby. It's going to be a mamby-pamby. It's not going to be a real worker. It's going to be a mamby-pamby forever. So uh, just think about that. Thank you. 
Pro Rodeo fans, watch the Cowboy Channel anytime, anywhere with PRCA on the Cowboy Channel Plus. Live stream the Cowboy Channel or watch your favorite PRCA rodeos on demand. Classic PRCA rodeos added weekly. Get the PRCA on the Cowboy Channel Plus for only $9.99 a month or save 25% by signing up for a full year. Visit CowboyChannelPlus.com to sign up and start streaming today. Hi, I'm Ag Day host Clinton Griffiths, and I invite you to join me as we cover the nation's food system, from fields of green to orchards of orange and livestock everywhere in between. America runs on agriculture, and here at Ag Day, agriculture is what we do best. Listen as our analysts track the markets, learn about innovations in technology and sustainability, and live the country lifestyle through the eyes of rural America. Join me, Clinton Griffiths, for Ag Day, the country experience. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Listen, farming is all about appreciating the simple things in life. So why make it complicated? I'm Rob Sharkey of Shark Farmer Radio, and I just want to cut down the confusion and delve deeper and deeper into the tangled controversies within the farming world. There's so much to learn from the great people of agriculture. So forget the nonsense and let's get back to the basics on Shark Farmer Radio, Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. So now we're going to get into our new segment, and it's going to be called Under the Sheet Metal. And today is going to be Under the Sheet Metal. We're going to be discussing heat soak. But before we do that, we got to bring in Tex Rubinowitz. Come on, Tex, you're the hot rod man. All right, Tex, thank you so much. You breaking that guitar, like I said? You start strumming that thing when it's brand new? I'm sure you did. That's why it sounds so good. Everybody, so here is our first under the sheet metal. Everything on a farm works hard, and an engine is no exception. Regardless if it is gas or diesel, the conversion of chemical to mechanical energy produces heat. The harder the engine works, the more fuel it consumes. Each gallon of fuel has a heating value measured in British thermal units, BTU. The engine's thermal load is intrinsically linked to the rate of fuel consumption. Under high load, the coolant temperature may not change much or at all, but the rest of the engine and especially the exhaust temperature goes up substantially. This raises the underhood temperature. It needs to be recognized that elevated underhood temperature is the silent killer of engines and their components. The underhood temperature rises dramatically when the engine is shut down. This is due to the cooling system no longer functioning. It is known as heat soak. 
Heat is the enemy of rubber hoses and belts, engine gaskets, wires, sensors, electronics, seals, the alternator battery, radiator, emission control systems, and AC components. They are all degraded during heat soak. Even the engine block and cylinder head, along with the turbocharger, are impacted. It is quite simple to reduce this effect. Simply idle the engine for one minute before shutting it down and then open the hood. Letting the engine run for just one minute will allow the cooling system to work and limit the thermal spike. Since heat rises, opening the hood will allow it to travel into the atmosphere instead of being absorbed into all of those parts. When you are done for the day or stopping work for some reason, let the heat escape. If you want any engine and its systems to last substantially longer, just open the hood and let the heat out. So that is our first under the sheet metal segment, and I hope and hopefully you enjoyed it. So now here is our listener's letter. And he writes, hi, my name is Robert and I farm in Texas. We raise cotton and some other crops. I have a 2019 John Deere CP690 cotton picker. It set a code for ammonia slip. We were done with harvest, but can you shed some light on this? Thank you. Alrighty, so now ammonia slip has to do with the SCR system with the DEF. Now, by definition, ammonia slip defines DEF that passed through the SCR catalyst, the selective catalytic reduction system, the catalyst, and was unreacted. So now that means that there was either too much DEF, that there was a either the DEF injector was leaking or the SCR temperature was too low or the SCR itself is starting to degrade. So now what's going to happen is that with every SCR system, you have the DEF, which is urea and very pure water, very pure urea and very pure water. And it's going to set up a chemical reaction inside the SCR to reduce an emission called oxides of nitrogen. Now, if all of that, the the goal would basically be for all of the DEF to be converted during that process. And if it is, and if there is any left over, so it'd be like you buying seed and saying, okay, I need so many seeds to plant this field. And you want, and in theory, you want to get, you want to have no seed left over, right? I mean, maybe that's a poor analogy because you always want to have some little extra left over, but you don't want to have too much left over. So in theory, if the SCR is functioning properly, is that it's going to consume all the DEF that's injected into it. So, but there is lots of systems and John Deere has it some other some other companies have it is they have an ammonia slip sensor at the end right after the SCR and that measures as I said all of the ammonia that was that was not reacted and we could use the term converted instead of reacted so in essence what is happening there it's a 2019 CP 690 I don't know how many hours are on it but I would have to say that the most likely cause is that I doubt very much if you are harvesting that this catalyst was not hot enough. So I would say that the most likely cause is that the doser, which is the injector 
for the DEF, they called it an endosuct, that the pintal of the injector is starting to get crystallized. Just like if you spill DEF on the ground or you, you drips a little bit when you're filling up a truck or a piece of equipment, all right, then it becomes crystallized, almost like, like a salty, like a sugar, it becomes a crystal. And that happens to the pintal of the DEF doser slash injector. What I would do if I were you is I would take the doser out of the system out of the SCR, I would take it out and I would clean the pintle, I would put it back in there and then I would erase the code and go from there. And I think you will be all right. Listen, I wanna thank you so much for tuning in and I want you to know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher and my beloved, beloved America. And I'll catch you next week. Thank you, bye-bye. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Justin Mills here, rancher and host of the Working Ranch Radio Show, inviting you to join us on Saturday and Sunday at 12 noon Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147. We'll go in-depth on topics that are relevant to the beef industry. Plus, we'll hear from meteorologist Don Day on the long-term weather outlook and the Captain Tim O'Byrne with Working Ranch Magazine will stop in for Tim's Two Cents. So join us on Saturday and Sunday at 12 noon Eastern for the Working Ranch Radio Show on Rural Radio Channel 147, Sirius XM. RFD-TV brings the ag industry news you care about. A lot of producers really looked at the hope Mm -hmm. of being able to get this deal done. Tailored forecasts for farmers and ranchers. You can see the pockets of red across Texas. That has become a problem. And going forward in time, we just don't have a lot of rainfall headed that way. Live, direct reports from the trading floor with expert market analysis. We have Oliver Slope standing by, and he is with Blue Line Futures. Well, the, the outside markets are going to be the, the driving factor and the focal point in this week's trade. A focus on Washington ag policy. RFD-TV's Emily Buck joins us from our Washington, D.C. News Bureau. The president reaffirms his commitment for rural America, supporting farmers through the pandemic. And live reports from across the nation. See lots of fun and exciting stories, especially lots of hard work that goes into this. Stories you'll find only on RFD-TV.